great Scott. Are you a sports fan who loves to have a good laugh? Oh, yeah. Then you're in the right place. I'm going to make him an offer again. Life moves pretty fast. Welcome to the Man Cave Chronicles. Too much or whatever, but that you're upset. I can, yeah, I can tell you seem like somebody who would be. Because um, she's not a white male. That's the only reason. I'm upset, but I know I'm in like God's good graces. You know what I mean? Like I'm, we lucked out if you're white male. But it was so surreal that night watching uh, the series finale of America. I don't know if anybody else thought of it like that, but it was fucking like they wound up killing off the favorite black character that we had for eight years. You know, like replaced him with a used condom filled with Sunny D, and we were like, holy shit! I, we didn't, there's no qualifications to be on this show, but they seem to be really forcing it on people. It's kind of fucked up in a way, I don't know. <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to this week's podcast. This week I have a stand-up comedian, John Palveremo. What's going on, John? How you doing, man? What's going up? Not much, how you doing? Uh, pretty good, dude, just, you know, hanging out. <laughs> yeah, so you're in Brooklyn? Uh, I'm from Brooklyn. I'm living in New Jersey right now, and I'm actually back and forth between here and L.A., so I'm a little all over the place. Uh, so you uh, you grew up in Brooklyn? I grew up in Brooklyn, yeah. Well, I, I was born there in 84, uh, and then uh, I lived there for four years, and then my family and I moved to Arizona because uh, my mother's family moved out there, and then um, we moved. We stayed there for four years and then moved back to Brooklyn for a little bit, as you do. And then moved to Jersey. So I, I was raised primarily in New Jersey. Yeah. So how did you uh, start up in stand-up comedy? Um, I, uh, I was like my – I graduated from high school and then uh, went to college for about a year. And then all, the, all that time throughout high school and everything like that, I was, you know, uh, I was funny. And, uh, and I, my friends were always like, yeah, you should do stand-up. But it wasn't one of those things I thought, you know, you could do. You know what I mean? Like other people yeah. kind of did it and then they were successful at it. And that's all I knew. So I had no idea how to start. And then um, when I was in college, I was like, you know, this isn't for me. And then after that year, I started doing stand up in the city and uh, uh, I just never stopped. I dropped out of school and loved it from like everything about it. The bombing, the fucking, you know, being around comics all the time, traveling, everything. It just it clicked. Yeah. There's something about New York City and comedy life, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's New York City is is probably the best, you know, for stand up uh, in the country. Do you like it better than L.A.? Uh, they're different animals. I mean, L.A. has got a good stand up scene too, um, but there's more. Uh, you can you can bounce around from club to club in a really condensed area in New York, and in L.A. it's kind of you're driving. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can't just hop in a cab and then it's, it's a bit of a trek and, and stuff like that. So it's, it's a little different. And also back East, like there's road work, you know what I mean? So there's like, you can hit up, you're in, you know, New York, you can hit up Jersey, you can hit up, you know, DC, you can go to Boston, you know, everything's kind of central and they've all got great, you know, stand up shit going down. Um, and in California, it's basically just California, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so you want to tell the listeners, what is your act about? Uh, it's, I mean, it's basically about, you know, <clears throat> my life in general, you know what I mean? Like it's, uh, it's observational, but, um, kind of sarcastic. Uh, it's, it's, you know, I talk about, you know, social issues and stuff like that. I touch on politics a little bit, but not that much, you know, just, you know, uh, just some Trump shit, 
now and then um you know just whatever comes into my head that's kind of what i talk about yeah um relationship you... stuff dating you know that kind of yeah but all all through my you know uh head what what um what was the first place that you uh performed at first place i ever did stand up was uh caroline's on broadway how did that go the first night was was uh it went really well it's a it was a it was it's one of those they either, they either say there's two ways you do it when you start your first show you either fucking bomb or your first show you do great because of nerves and just you know talent raw talent basically and yada yada, yada. but then after that it's like it was hit and miss after that but my first show was i mean was just a great it's somewhere online i think it's five minutes um, and I even had to pull out the list, you know, my set list. Cause at one point I kind of talked so fast, I ran into material, but there's laughs throughout the whole thing. And, um, you know, I, uh, I had a really great time doing it. Yeah. And then, you know, but the second time I did it, I fucking bombed. <laughs> yeah. <How did> <laughs> yeah. You want to tell us about that? Uh, it was, it was honestly just, I did five minutes at Caroline's and then, uh, I got a little cocky and by the second time I was going to do it, I invited a bunch of friends out. And uh, I still really only had five minutes, but I, I thought I'm going to write new shit because that's what I thought you did. So I wrote a whole new I wasn't going to do any of the jokes that worked the first night. And I just wrote all this new shit. I thought it was going to be great. And then on top of that, when I got there, they were like, hey, um, yeah, we do you want to do 10? Because somebody dropped out of the show. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like it was fucking nothing my second time on stage. And I got up there, and it was it was just I got laughed, but it was a struggle. Like it it, it was a way bigger struggle than the first time. Yeah. So I kind of learned like, oh, all right, you got to do shit that works and ease into the new crap. Yeah. Were were you uh, ever heckled? Uh, I don't. My, I don't think my personality on stage lends itself to that. You know, I I kind of I talk to the audience a lot too. Like I learned that kind of early on because I like to improvise. And uh, I like to have a conversational flow in my sets. So I don't think they really want to heckle me because they know I'm ready. Yeah. Um, I only had one in particular, one dude, I think, who uh, was just being a dick to uh, me and the other comics that were on, on the show. And I think I'd said something to him. Like we had started back and forth and he was fucking hammered. And he just got up like he was going to beat the shit out of me. And uh, he he got taken care of, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that was the only time anybody really got that upset. Yeah, what um, what is your favorite place to perform at? Uh, man, there are a lot of clubs I really love. Um, you're always partial to the clubs that you started into. Uh, I I like Bananas in um, Hasbrook Heights. Uh, they're really nice people, and they're, they're like a like a little close knit family there. Um, and I like the Comedy Cove in Springfield. And that's a great room. Um, that's another room that I kind of came up in. Um, and I love Gotham. Uh, I like uh, the, the uh, Stand Up New York is great. And Flappers in Los Angeles. And the Ice House in L.A. Um, those are great rooms. What, um, who did you, when you were growing up and you, you knew you were going to do stand up, who did you look up to? Um, when I first... God, I, so I, I didn't quite know what stand-up was when I was a kid, but I, I was watching comedies like when I was really young, like about like four, you know, five or whatever. And I loved Robin Williams. He was, you couldn't touch him. You know what I mean? But I didn't even know 
he did stand up. Like I didn't even know what it was. I just knew that this guy was on Mork and Mindy on reruns and you know, um, he was fucking hilarious, you know? And then I found out that he did the voice of the bat in Fern Gully. And then I found out, you know, he was the voice in, in genie and Aladdin and stuff. And I was like, who is this guy? You know? And then, um, slowly but surely I, when I, when I found out, like, you know, you read stuff about him and says he started his up, and then he was kind of like my gateway drug into comedians and other comics. So Robin was the, was the best. He was the end all be all. And then, you know, uh, I'd watch Seinfeld and then I realized he was a stand-up comic. All these guys I loved watching on television, they all came from stand-up. Yeah. So that's when I really started to get like Paul Reiser, Seinfeld, uh, David Spade, just, you know, all these guys. And I was like, who the hell, you know, <laughs> what is stand-up, you know? Yeah. And it just, and then it just cooked me, man, that some guy was on stage, you know, by himself just being funny talking. And I wanted to be that. Yeah. The Man Cave Chronicles on Twitter at the MCC Podcast. We'll be right back. Hey guys, Brian Padone here, founder of Quiet Punch. When I'm not listening to the Man Cave Chronicles, you can catch me filming one of my live workouts on quietpunch.com. Check it out today. That's quietpunch.com. Who um, have you opened for anybody that's semi-famous, yeah. famous? Yeah, man, I, I did five shows with Fallon. When I was like, uh, I don't know, three years into doing stand-up, he was just about to take over uh, Late Night okay. for Conan, and he was doing a little mini tour, and he came to Bananas in Poughkeepsie, was his home club, and um, it was this great, great room, big room or whatever, and uh, they called me to open for him, and I got to meet him and hang out with him and stuff, and it was, uh, it was, it blew my mind. It was my first real big. Um, like opener guy that I guy that I got to open for and it was it was great to see a crowd um, you know they were a stand up crowd but they were also he had his he had a fan base you know yeah so it was a stand up crowd but they were unbelievably supportive and you know what I mean like so it was just it's a world of difference when you're going up for you know a ten thirty Friday night show with people who are like ah let's go fucking see some comedy so yeah. it was it was it was awesome How and I've opened oh, okay go, no go ahead. No, I was going to say, and I've opened for like Gilbert Gottfried and Colin Quinn and, um, you know, uh, Bat Cooper, um, God, who the hell else? Uh, I'm trying to picture my resume in my head. <laughs> I'm so bad at it. Um, fucking just a, bu- just a bunch of other dudes I know that I opened for that are phenomenal. Yeah. Colin, Colin Quinn is funny. Yeah. Colin Quinn is great. Don Irrera. Oh God, he's fucking great. I opened for him like three times. Yeah. Um, he's phenomenal. Uh, Joe Starr, he's on Kevin Can Wait. Uh, I don't know if uh, he's a really good buddy of mine too, um, and uh, but he's fucking hysterical. Yeah, I've opened for all these guys; they're phenomenal. Yeah, that's great. Um, so you've done voiceover for shows and cartoons? Yeah, I've done. A, I started to do a few voiceover and stuff like that. One of the ones um, that I'm really most proud of is a uh, an animated show that my friend and I are pitching right now. It's kind of in circulation with the networks and stuff, but we wrote it. Um, had a bunch of meetings for it and it's called human world and i got to do one of the voices on that and i also got to animate the demo and, and draw the characters up too so um that's that's one of the things i'm most proud of what uh networks are you pitching it to well it's right now it's with adult swim but we pitched it everywhere yeah. um so uh it's you know it's doing that whole circulation that's one of the reasons i went out to los angeles have a question for the man cave chronicles tweet them now at the mcc podcast Has the universe ever called out to you? Well, 
It's calling out to you now, and it demands you listen to the Jerk of All Trades podcast. Every Thursday night, Eddie and Ray tackled the absurdity of this world via a cornucopia of topics ranging from hot-button mainstream news, tech, robotics, progressive medicine, UFC, WWE, and so much more. Jerk of All Trades, changing the world, one podcast at a time. This is Brandon, Brandon Gertz from Bellator MMA. Um, you're listening to the Man Cave Chronicles. And I'm... Um... <clears throat> You've also written for ESPN Sports Nation. Yeah, man, I did some, which is funny because I'm not a sports guy, but uh, jokes are jokes, you know what I mean. So yeah. it's not, it's not too. Uh, but yeah, I wrote for ESPN Sports Nation. Um, a couple of their segments. I think they used to have comedians on uh, at one point. I don't know that they do it anymore, but they used to have comics on and on a panel to talk about stuff. So I used to write jokes for them um, and their segments and stuff like that. It was, it was pretty fun. And I got to learn about sports in the process, which is cool. Yeah. I was like, what's a touchdown? No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> You're from New York. You don't like sports? Yeah, man. You know what? I never – I like it. I like playing it, but I'm not a uh, – I'm not a big, like, uh, you know, sports, like, oh, that guy's a really good player and yada, yada, yada. You know what I mean? Like, I know yeah. the basics. I know yeah. the main guys, but – you know, they're all making more money than me. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, people get really heavily involved, and I'm like, you know, I just don't care. Yeah. Um, what other projects have you worked on? Um, uh, I've been I've been doing a bunch. I have two other pilots that are in circulation. Same thing with the networks and stuff like that of my own. And I've worked on um, Red Eye when that was on with um, – um, Greg Gutfeld. Um, I worked on CNN's. Uh, for, these are for comedians, by the way. Okay. So, like, they would have comics on the show, and I would write some of that stuff in their segment. Um, I wrote for the Paul Mercurio show. We did three episodes of that. One was with Gilbert Gottfried. Another one was Bobcat Goldthwait. Um, oh, what the who the hell was the third guy? Was it Bob Saget? There was a there was a third, and I cannot remember. But um, I wrote for Bethany, um, and I've written for um, you know. A bunch of other shows too, like a lot of political stuff, like some radio stuff. John Fugelsang show, Joy Behar's show. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was fun to do. What's the craziest story you got from like doing stand up? Craziest story I got from doing stand up. Uh, man, I'm not a. It's I gotta think. It's I've had a lot of like interesting shit. Well, okay, one of the one of the stories started when I was a kid. When I was 19, I started doing stand up like 1920. Um, and, uh, my, it was my first road gig, right? It was me and my buddy James Oaks. He's a, he's a headliner who took me out on the road, took me out of the clubs, which was nice because, you know, uh, the club scene's kind of rough. They make you do bringer shows and, uh, everybody fucking hates that shit. But he was like, you know, you're funny. You should come out on the road with me. So I got a lot of practice that way. So it's me and him and we're driving to Plattsburgh, New York. It's three hours. My first time, like pumped. We're doing this, uh, the top of this ice rink or something like that. You know what I mean? Like they got a bar up there or whatever. Um, and we go, we do the show. It's fucking awesome. I'm having a blast. We get out of there at around two o'clock in the morning and I'm driving back with him and we stopped to get gas. And I, at the time I had purchased a brand new Honda fit and, uh, we stop at this no name gas station. It's got one pump and he goes in to get some food. And I pumped my uh, gas into the car or whatever. And I accidentally wound up pumping diesel into my brand new fucking Honda. And, uh, yeah, and I didn't know. He didn't notice either. He gets in the car. 
it actually goes for about five miles and I shit you not, does that cartoon noise when a car breaks down? It was like, and then that was it. And we were both like, the fuck is going on? And then uh, he goes, did you? He goes, I smelled diesel. And I goes, did you pump your gas while diesel? And I was like, I don't know. So we were just sitting there and uh, I wound up having to call my parents and be like, hey, I pumped diesel into my car. And my mom, it was like three o'clock in the morning. My mom was just like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like just reaming me out in a situation I can't already help. Because, uh, you know, she kind of does when she fucking panics. But she was like, it's raining. You don't know where you are. You never met the person. And I was like, I, I know. <laughs> like, I know all this shit. So uh, I had to get a fucking tow truck to tow me back to New Jersey at a Honda dealership. I think it was like $1,700. Jeez. And then, yeah, man, it's fucking brutal. And it was me and fucking, you know, Murder Joe over there driving the fucking tow truck. And not only that, on the way back, the guy that was headlining with me and me drop him off in Queens in the tow trucks. <laughs> we had to make a stop. Oh, God. It was a nightmare. I got back to, to Jersey at like 7 o'clock in the morning. Uh, met my stepdad over there. They managed to save the car, which was cool. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was uh, that was it, man. You know, and yeah, and here's the thing about that too is I like I kept telling people that story, like I, you know, they'd be like, "What the fuck happened to your car?" And there's no excuse for doing that because you know the diesel nozzle doesn't even fit into the gas tank hole. You know, yeah. <laughs> so I just sat there for five minutes trying to force it, and I'm like, "Wow, this car must be new. She's tight." <laughs> Holy yeah. shit! <clears throat> do you um do you have any tours coming up? I'm always touring, man. I got uh, I'm I'm gonna be in Virginia. In um, September, I got a couple shows, and I did one yesterday in Queens and Brooklyn. I was just in Boston. Um, I'm oh, I'm all over the place. I'm always, I'm looking to do like a little bit of a longer tour, like maybe cross country. I might drive, um, kind of give it a name. That kind of thing is what I'm kind of working towards now. But I'm man, I'm traveling all the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where'd you play in Boston? Uh, the Comedy Studio and Improv Boston. One on Saturday and then one on Sunday. Yeah. Um, it was they were in Cambridge. They were fin- by the way, Boston crowds are fucking phenomenal. Yeah. I, uh, they're they're I, I hardcore comedy. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they are. I I had never really been to perform there before, and I you know didn't really know what to expect or whatever. But I, it was well worth it. They were they were the best, and I, I'm going back in December. Okay, maybe I'll try to swing up that way. I'm about an hour yeah. and a half from Boston. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. December seventh. I'll tell you this, man. I fucking forgot to book a. I didn't forget. I didn't book a hotel ahead of time, because I'm an asshole. And I, uh, I get, I get there, and I really don't ever. I, you know, I'm used to just traveling, and then I get a hotel, and it's fine or whatever. But you know, it's not a big deal. But it was fucking college graduation weekend, and every. I'm mean, shit you know, man. Every hotel, within an hour, was booked solid. And I was just like, they're, they're like, yeah, you're not going to find a place. You have to go like way out of town. And I just slept in my car outside of La Quinta Hotel. And then, uh, but I woke up in time for a continental breakfast. I just walked into a hotel and they were out of eggs. And I <laughs> just went up to the woman at the desk. And I was like, yeah, you guys can get any more eggs? <laughs> I was like, who the <laughs> fuck is this guy? I have the most uncanny ability to just not get detected for that kind of shit. Like yeah. no one, I have glasses. I'm short. People just think, I, if you look frustrated, People don't pay attention to him. They're like, wow, he's really angry. Yeah. It's like that uh, George Costanza episode where he puts his uh, 
his head down, he always looks like he's frustrated, so people don't bother him. Exactly. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I learned that in high school, man. If yeah. people just, you know, I, you can get in. I do that sometimes at work, too. You do that, yeah. Yeah, because people leave you alone then. Exactly. Yeah. People always ask if I'm angry. On, I don't do angry on stage well, but predominantly, like, I'm a little annoyed almost all the time, and that works. <laughs> like, yeah. in life, in general. Like, that's... So, um... We had a Twitter question from David Ash. David Ash. Yeah. Okay. And, and he asked, "Damp old runt, is that the best anagram for Donald Trump?" <laughs> Damp old. Did he come up with that? I I don't know. That's what he wow. wrote. That's what he wrote to me. So I, f- I figured I would ask it. Damn, best anagram for Donald Trump is. What did he say it was again? Damp old runt. Damp old rump. Runt. Oh man, that's amazing. Um, yeah, I think that might be. I think that might be the best one. <laughs> tell him, tell him props to him if he. Uh, you got his Twitter handle? I, uh, I uh, let me look it up real quick. Like Mister Adult Pond. That's not a bad one. Oh come on, where is it? I, I should. Or 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 Lord Dampnut. That is actually, I think, my favorite. Tell him I said Lord Dampnut my favorite one i'll tweet him after the episode what you said all I'll, right i'll find it after yeah yeah so, um all right so i i've created this new segment for this show and it's uh topics that are trending on twitter you ready okay yep so i wrote a couple of them down so one of them is chris christie shuts down a public beach and people were not having it what are your thoughts on that yeah man i wasn't having it either um i used to work at that park uh, for seven years when I was a kid, <clears throat> every, every summer and, and most like sometimes in the winter too, um, I would stay on a little longer or whatever, but, uh, yeah, he's completely full of shit, man. I can't believe he went on TV and fucking lied. I'm pissed about that. He went on TV and fucking lied and said that he had never used the lifeguard, never used the facilities at Island Beach State Park, never used the lifeguard staff. Bull fucking shit, man. He used to use our lifeguards all the time. We would have to pull them off of the two bathing pavilions if he called for them. And then we'd have to send them over to his family to guard them. And then sometimes they would get there and he'd be like, oh, you know, my kids are playing video games. Uh, you guys can just hang out or go back and we'll call you back in a little while or whatever. Like they were fucking yo-yos, man. You know, these are guys that are supposed to be watching these, you know, uh, pedestrians fucking swim and make sure they're OK. And he's yanking them off the goddamn beach and then and then telling them that ah, my son's playing video games. You know what I mean? Like he's a yeah. fucking like some kind of king. Um, and then, uh, yeah. And he lied about, um, you know, it, it was a bummer, man, because, uh, permanent employees there got furloughed, you know what I mean? Right before 4th of July. So not only was that shitty, he then decided that he would make six essential, uh, six guard, six lifeguards essential, they're called. And, uh, he wasn't supposed to do that. And they wound up getting paid to be at the park to watch his family. Then he lied and said they were only there to keep people out of the park, which is bullshit because there's 11 and a half miles of beach. So if they're there, to, oh, they're there to make sure that also people, <clears throat> someone snuck in and they, you know, and they were in trouble, they could help. There's 11 and a half miles of beach. There's no one to take a 911 call. There's no way six guards are going to cover that stretch of beach. You know what I mean? It was all fucking just him being a dick. Which, by the way, if you're going to be a dick, do it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, stop. Like, that's what I don't respect about Republicans at all. They've got all this shit that they want to push through. They want to cut Medicaid. You know, they want to fucking, um, 
you know, close down the government and then use the beach, all that other crap. But they never own it. Just fucking own it. You're pieces of shit. Own it. That's it. I would be like, all right, you know, at least they're not lying. Yeah. All right. Let's see. The next uh, topic or uh, trending, I guess you want to call it, I found was Han Asshole Solo, the Reddit editor, had to apologize to CNN, the media, and others for that Trump CNN gif that he made. Oh, shit. Um, I didn't know he made it. I said, that's crazy. I didn't know he made it. That, that was another bullshit thing, too. You know, it, it's they say he's like, what, inciting violence and stuff like that, which I, I agree. You know what I mean? Like, you can see it from his speeches and everything else that he's done. You know, there's a bit of a shift in the decorum. <laughs> um, but uh, the CNN thing was just a distraction, man. That's yeah. all he's doing now. He loves this shit. Yeah. He lives, he, I think you know, he lives for it. He does. He likes the fact that, you know, it's like when you're uh, antagonizing a friend, you know what I mean? Where yeah. you're just like, you know, you're just constantly shitting on somebody and they just love the attention. Yeah. That's what he does. All right. The next one is uh, Chrissy Teigen is <clears throat> tired of people saying that their babies look like John Legend. <laughs> uh, that's just funny yeah. i don't know there's nothing i can add to that man that's just i mean i would be honored if my baby looked like john legend right i don't know yeah. I, I thought it was just funny when i read it so that's why i wrote it down yeah that's pretty funny right. and the last one is uh rob kardashian starts a full on war with black china on social media <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's funny, too, because uh, Trump is also starting shit with China. So, yeah. you know, it's just two sides of a different coin. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah. All right. Uh, and the last thing is, how can fans get a hold of you? Facebook, Twitter? Yeah, man, I'm all I'm all over Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, it's just my name, John Poveromo, J-O-H-N-P-O-V-E-R-O-M-O. And if they want, they can go to uh, my website, johnpoveromo.net or .com. And all my social media stuff is up there. And I also have a book coming out called Drawings from a Nobody um, at the end of the summer. So uh, and then you could also donate, too, if you'd like to get a um, if you'd like to get an advanced copy of the book. There's a GoFundMe account for it. I believe it's linked uh, on my Facebook and uh, my Instagram and stuff. Um, but, yeah, if you'd like to get a free copy of the book and an original uh, piece of art yeah. with my signature on it, you can donate. So I also want to tell the listeners that you're pretty good on Twitter. You respond back to everybody. Yeah, yeah, I do. I uh, I like to, you know, interact with the fans and stuff like that and make sure, you know. I never understood when people don't you know, like I get it if you're like super super famous or whatever and you know you got so many tweets it's hard to, you know, yeah. to use tweeting at you, but you know, I mean, I I've, I've got like a um, you know, like 5,000 followers or whatever. I see most stuff. I, there's no reason not to respond, you know. Yeah. Especially when they're paying a ticket to see you. Yeah, exactly. Or just giving a like, you know, giving a retweet or a heart to someone. Sometimes yeah. I just don't have anything to say back. You know, sometimes it's just whatever. But yeah, um, yeah. Most of the time, if somebody's got something nice to say, man, I fucking respond. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to tell the listeners? Uh, yeah, I'll be in um, Brooklyn tomorrow, uh, doing a show at the. Uh, well, you know what? Go on my Instagram because I posted. It. I can't remember the name of the fucking place. It's called the Living Room Show. It's in Brooklyn. It's in a cafe, I think, somewhere. It's uh, going to be a great lineup. A bunch of guys from Colbert Show and me, and um, and then in uh, another month, I'll be in Springfield doing the Comedy Cove um, in August, and then uh, I'll be in Virginia doing Cosby's. I'll headlining Cosby's Comedy Club. 
thanks for coming out to the podcast. Thanks, man. Yeah, it was a blast. And I hope you come back on soon. Absolutely, dude. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, this was fun. Yeah, me too, man. Take care.